Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. And before we jump into the really cool stuff that we're going to bring you today, we have a super important message for you. Did you hear that Brilliantly Resilient, the book is out in the world and it landed on the top 100 bestsellers list. That's where it debuted. We're so excited. Go get it at amazon.com. Search Brilliantly Resilient and you'll see it in Kindle and paperback. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. We are so excited today because we have with us David Wood, who is, let me read you a little bit about David because I want to get this right. David's a former consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies, built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching, coaching thousands of hours in 12 countries around the globe. Now, here's what we love about David. As well as helping others, David is no stranger to overcoming challenges because that's our jam. Mm -hmm. Having survived a full collapse of a paraglider, a fractured spine, witnessing the death of his sister at age seven, anxiety and depression, my personal jam, and a national gong show, which I I don't know. We're going to have to get into that. That's my kind of jam. (laughs) But David, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. I'm having a really good time. This is a good way to start my morning, hanging out with you guys. There you go. Thank you so much. We, we've, we've had that said to us before, not from our families, but from other people who don't know us. <laughs> so you know it's real. <laughs> so there's so many things that I want to talk about. You have, you have a couple of keys that you talk about. You have a great offer for us. But here's the thing that I love the most about you. You tell people to focus on less. I'm hearing the angels singing because thank you that I don't have to know everything. Thank you, thank you for that. So tell me about your your idea of focusing on less and tell us about that little mouse thing in the background there too. (laughs) Sure. Well, we have so much power as humans. There's so much we can do, but just because we can do everything doesn't mean we should. And the mind, I think the human mind is like a monkey on crack and it's just chasing (laughs) monkey treats all the time. Oh, look, there's a text message. Oh, look, there's a voicemail. And oh, I could do this. And I, I could do three things at once. How efficient am I? And we get dopamine hits in the brain. So I understand why we do it. And if you are happy with the pace at which you are moving towards your goals, then don't change anything. But if you want to get to where you want to go faster, we need to exercise some discipline. And that's really hard because, oh, I might miss out. What Mm. what if I miss out? Or I'm just doing one thing at a time. That's that's not efficient. Um, But it is. And ironically, if we focus on less, we can have more. So let's suppose you have a business and you want to double revenue in 12 months. That's a big goal. That's a really big goal. Mm. And if you want to do it, what I say to my clients, okay, in 12 months, what would have you do the happy dance? What would have you celebrate your ass off? Like it would literally almost fall off because you're so happy. And then 
what are you willing to not focus on for a year? Hmm. What are you That's willing to not question. care about for a year? And these will be your three big projects, say three personal, three business projects, and the rest go in a drawer. That's not easy. No. But if you're willing to exercise the discipline, you can have that extraordinary success that you may be seeing in other people and saying, oh, I want some of that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, the, the whole idea of putting things aside is really challenging uh, for, I think, almost all of us. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's clearly challenging on a professional level. But I think because we're used to, even as in our human everyday life, you know, juggling a million things at one time, we think that's what we're supposed to do. And let me ask you this question, is guilt a part of being able to let go of this? Because if I'm not doing 10 things at once, I feel guilty. I feel like I'm not doing enough. Wow. Well, I think... I don't think guilt has to be a requirement. I think one of the things that drives us humans to do so many things is the, the, the fear of missing out mm. and think, and also the drive for entertainment because mm -hmm. it's entertaining to be, you know, responding to a text message while you're on a zoom call and then you check an email and say, Ooh, we, I got an email yesterday. Um, uh, I just I just checked email quickly. I didn't have time to really read them. And I was like, oh, that person wrote back to me. How exciting. So I think that's one of the main drivers. But I think you've brought up a potential other one. Maybe you feel like you've got to achieve so much. I've got to, I've got to get it done. I've got to do more. I know I've been driven most of my life to like do more, do more, do more, do more. And I think that's a separate thing. I think that would be a good issue to take to a therapist. I'm a huge fan of therapy. <laughs> Oh, believe me, I've been there, David. I yeah. have, I have done the work. <laughs> yeah. So, so you could do that, but, but even if you have that driving you, I want to talk to that part of you that thinks that doing everything at once and, and trying to do so many different things and having 30 projects in the week is a good idea. I want to talk to that part in each of us and say, you know, that can be fun. And if you're enjoying it, do it it can also be stressful and it's probably going to slow you down in getting to the really big things that you want and the important things. So great, great exercise for all listeners. Get a piece of paper and write down one, two, three on the page. Those are, those are your business goals in 12 months. And then one, two, three on the page for personal and write down what would have you do the happy dance they would have you calling all of your friends and go, this is so awesome. Look what I did this year. That can give you the motivation for the discipline. It's like, you know, I really do want that. And I do want to go towards it at a fast pace. What am I willing to put aside? Now, once you've done that at 12 months, you can do it at three months. You can do the same thing every seven days. And then let's bring it right back to tomorrow. Let's suppose it's four o'clock, it's the end of your day, five o'clock, six o'clock. Here's an amazing question to ask, ask yourself every day. If I was only allowed to do two things tomorrow for my business or my life, two things that would maybe move the needle in my life and business, what would they be? What a great question mm. to focus. And then the game is, if you're up for playing this game, 
do those two things first when you wake up. You can do your morning ritual if you do some movement, uh, maybe some dancing, you get your green smoothie, uh, take the dog for a walk, whatever you do, do your morning ritual. But even before you check voicemail, before you check text messages, do those two things. Might take a couple of hours, might take six hours. Then come up for air, check messages, engage with the rest of the world. That's when your agenda is likely to get hijacked. And that's fine because you've done your two most important things. That's I didn't so answer your mouse question, but I, we'll get to that. And it's so interesting because I do the, the, well, I did years ago, the miracle morning, you know, from, from Hal Elrod, which when I was first going through my divorce and, and the, my whole world went upside down and inside out. And then I kind of got away from it after I was, you know, back on and, and accomplishing things and my hair wasn't falling out anymore. I kind of got away from it a little bit. And a friend of ours, um, Lee Warren, just in his, in his um, newsletter challenged everybody to go all in in August on something. And I went all in back to my morning routine. And to your point, David, I did the, the things that I did before to keep my mind focused, uncluttered. And it's about an, about an hour and 10 minutes in my morning of all the, but it's the things that I want to do that are important to me before anything else, before I open email, before I get on social media, God help me. Cause I get sucked into that. Yes. And just in, and I'll tell you the other reason I know that, that this was meant to be my middle child, <laughs> my button presser, my, my stress <laughs> elevator. Who's absolutely hilarious. My Mitchell was going off to college for the first time, he's a freshman. And I don't know if you know my backstory that my two boys are blind. I already have a son succeeding at college that's blind, but Mitch is very different from Michael. And I had to laser focus on making sure that he was gonna be successful and do so to your point of, of doing less, I had to shelve and drawer a lot of the things that I'm working on because he was my number one goal. And you know what happened, David, between Going back to focusing on in the morning on the stuff I really wanted to focus on and having Mitch be my one thing, we got through that with, with so much less stress. I mean, there was still stress, but so much less stress, so much no time wasting that it was way faster and easier so that when I came back to all the stuff I had to shelve, the, the creativity and productivity was unbelievable. I love what you said about all in that's a great it's a great phrase because we have so much power we have a magic wand we have the ability to do so much but when we scatter our energy we don't you know we we don't actually get to get to shine so much so this all in concept pick what you want to go all in on uh, I had an uh, experience once where I was writing a book and it was taking a long time. It was taking a couple of years and it was frustrating. And uh, I had a coach once who said, what you focus on, you create. Mm. And I was complaining how something wasn't getting done, complaining how the book wasn't getting done, complaining how this coaching school wasn't getting created. She said, what you focus on, you create. And that's when I realized I had to carve out the time. I had to have some discipline. And so for the book, I decided for 30 days, I will touch nothing that isn't book until 4 p.m. each day. 
nothing that isn't book. I, I can go to the bathroom, I can get a, get a meal, but I can't do anything work-wise, nothing on the computer that isn't book until 4 o'clock. I even said to my housemate, I'm not going to speak until 4 p.m. I'm going to keep my energy inside. Now, that's an extreme version of this, but I've rarely felt such peace in my life as when I knew that what I was working on was the number one thing I wanted. And I want that sense of uh, peace and integrity for everyone. You don't have to go as extreme as I did with the book, but pick what really matters in your life and then ask yourself, what am I willing to push aside? What am I willing to postpone or delete or delegate so that I can actually do a really good job on these things? Interesting. So what I found during the whole 2020 COVID thing was that a lot of people were forced to give things up and, and we weren't able to be busy and, and fill our lives with all the things that we filled them with. However, not everybody took that time that then became available and, and chose to do something productive with it. And I'm not saying that, you know, people mishandled the time, but there, there were some opportunities there if you chose to focus on that. And I yeah. think I, I found that some of the things that I let go of, I was only too happy to be rid of after I was finally rid of them. So is there a measure of that in there too? Well, you're right. With the pandemic, we had to let go of a lot. You can't go to your kids' soccer game anymore. And you can't, uh, some people we didn't even go to the grocery store anymore. Some people couldn't work. And so, so we're at home. So I think that was an opportunity for sure. But we don't need a pandemic to make the choice. That's, that's the point that I'm making. We, you know, we look at great examples like Martin Luther King really focusing on a dream. There's um, Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen with Chicken Soup getting a no from at least 150 publishers before they got a yes. Walt Disney going to 150 banks and getting a no because he wanted to create a theme park where he charged people to get in. <laughs> and they're like, you can't do that. That's crazy. So, but those are the big examples we also have examples of people who are just really successful in their business and making the money they want to make and having the time off that they want to have. And I think, you know, those people are heroes too. Um, you know, the, the soccer mom who decides uh, she's, you know, that, that there's a, a college degree that she's, she's going to go and get. There's... Um, we can have ordinary examples too. They don't have to be these big, massive things of Thomas Edison uh, discover, you know, inventing the light bulb. And my question for, for everyone for today is, what's your dream? What really matters to you? What do you want to create? Given that you are a human at this time in existence on this planet with so many tools and resources, what do you want to use that power for? And I don't think people recognize that there is intrinsic power in every decision that we make because it allows us either to do things or to not do things, depending on, on how we use that power for, for decision-making. And I know we wanted to talk to you about, um, we talk a lot about in, in our brilliantly resilient world of resetting and then rising and revealing your brilliance. 
you had more than a few instances where you had to reset your mindset through some really difficult challenges. So how did you do that? Because much of this is a mindset. It, it's all really mindset thing. Mm. Well, I, I just took a deep breath because it reminded I was scanning back in my life and thinking about the, the depression. Um, I've had two, three, four times at least in my life where I've gone into deep anxiety or depression or both. And I didn't know, I didn't know if I'd make my way out of it. And, you know, when I have, have someone now come to me who's really in a bad state, I say, how long could you handle this before you decide to check out and take your own life? That's my measure of how bad it is. And for me, it never got worse than a, a year. Even at the worst point, I was like, I could, I could handle a year of this if I had to, and then I'm out. Now, I'm, I'm a, I think I'm stumped on your question because I don't know. There wasn't some epiphany that I had that got me out of the depression. That was a long, slow route. And when I say long, it probably was, was only, say, four months, but it felt like an eternity yeah. to me. And I, I used medication to get out. I used therapy. I used yoga. I made myself exercise for an hour every day. I'd, I'd be running and I hate, I hate running, but I'd be doing that. I'd be trying supplements, nutrition. I just tried so many things, which is super hard when you're depressed. Yeah. It's super hard. Um, so, you know, maybe I was just, you know, miserable for a month and then I, I got a little bit out of it and I was able to try di different things. And then as someone said to me, when you try all of these things, you'll probably get well. You just won't know what did it. So well, I don't yeah. know. I think that though you hit on exactly kind of the point that, that maybe I was inadvertently leading you to, and that is you took an action step regardless of knowing what the outcome was going to be. And we talk about that all the time. You can't be married to an outcome, but you do have to do something. Right. You know, and, and without knowing where it's going to lead you. And if that something doesn't work, then you do something else. But I think you, you probably lived unknowingly what you talk about now. You were focusing on getting well, not necessarily knowing how to do that, but taking that one step and then taking another step. And Kristen and I were talking earlier about even when you don't want to, because when you're depressed, you don't want to. Yeah. Um, you know, something in my life recently that's that's been out of my comfort zone and I've been experiencing imposter syndrome uh, is is acting. So I decided it, we, we talked before we hit record about my, my crazy hair, which I'm going to reveal now. <laughs> I'm going to reveal now on the video. Um, but I, I decided uh, seven weeks ago, I, I want to be an actor. I want to see what this is about. And like, how do you do that? How do you, how do you focus on something new? How do you really go for it? Like I call it playing for real mm -hmm. instead of just dabbling in it. And uh, I started taking action, but firstly, I started speaking about it. So the first step I've, I've identified 
is you've got to generate the possibility. You have to see the possibility. And this, this is where that question of what do you want in three in, in 12 months comes in. You generate the vision and you say, well, it's possible. So I, I decided, you know what, it's possible I could get a role doing something, maybe a small part in a local production and I can do acting classes and I can audition for commercials. And, you know, if I keep doing it, the law of large numbers says someone's going to go, I like the look of that guy. That's the look I want. Let's, let's get him. So you generate the possibility, even if it seems like it might be really tough and difficult. And then the second thing is you break down the action steps into baby steps. If it's too scary, the way I started is I just started speaking it. I started telling people, you know, May 1 next year, I think I'm going to move to Los Angeles and, and really do acting full time. That's been a dream of mine for years and I'm starting to, I, I'm just telling you about it. That was hard. <laughs> I, I feel my, my breath kind of catch just saying it now. And a friend heard me and she, she's an actress and she said, well, I'm going to an audition for Dracula. Do you want to come? And part of my brain's like, are you kidding? I don't know how to, I don't know how to do a role. I don't know how to audition. But another part of me said, well, what the hell? This seems like opportunity knocking. Yeah. So I went along with her. Um, so those are the baby steps, like breaking it down. I also went and got an acting uh, class I did, for free. You can order it, an acting class online. I did that. I started listening to a podcast. I got a book on Sanford Meissner and I read it. Like I started doing these things. So you can uh, prepare once you've decided what you want to focus on. You can really um, take uh, – Tony Robbins talks about massive action and I'm, and I'm a fan of that. So I was like, well, what can I do? Okay, I can Google how to do a German accent uh, for, this, for this audition. I can memorize the lines so that I'm not reading from the script. I can have friends over to um, practice the lines with me. And then I hired an acting coach for just one hour, 50 bucks to help me with the audition because I wanted to read for four different roles. And so I did all that went there, read for the stuff, read for all the, for all the parts, and they offered me the lead. They offered me Dracula. Wow. <laughs> and I'm getting paid. I'm, getting, I'm not getting paid a lot, but I get paid per performance. So, um, I, and I'm thrilled. I'm beyond thrilled. I called all my friends. I said, I can't believe it. I'm playing Dracula in a local production. So I, I like this story because it's an example of something that was way out of my comfort zone. I picked it. I focused on it. I did some some massive action around it, and now every night this week I'm going. This is why my hair is crazy because I had product in my hair for Dracula, and then I thought I washed it all out. No, apparently you got to do a better job <laughs> of getting that product out of the hair. Well, David, you just totally described the rise part of the formula of living brilliantly resilient, but you did it in a way that I can't wait to, to sound bite every single one of the things you talked about against what it is that we've been talking about in the rise, because you just turn things around from a completely different perspective. You know, like you're saying, um, well, first of all, generate, I want people to understand that when you're saying generate the possibility, speaking it out there, all we've ever heard from everybody else in the universe, it seems is affirmations. And I think affirmations lost there. People didn't quite understand anymore. And you're saying it, saying it in very practical terms. 
you sit there because that's part of my miracle morning is, and that's part of the savers thing of miracle morning is affirmations. But, and I've seen it exactly happen in my life too. You speak the possibility and all of a sudden you start aligning yourself and you do less of the stuff that doesn't align with that. And you keep focusing. Um, and I yeah. love, love, love that you said baby action steps, because like we were saying, when we first came back that, so many times that action step feels too hard, like it's impossible. But if you look at it as ah, just little ones lead to a big one that really reframes it for people that are really in a mode of a massive pivot that they need to take or something to come back yeah. from. Yeah. Getting started is often the hardest part. You mm -hmm. just need to get started. Like, for example, I've been wanting to, to write songs for years. That's another example. Now I'm doing the acting thing, but at some point... That's got to happen, but it's picking up the guitar mm -hmm. and just starting with a chord. And I went outside last week and in five minutes I had something. I had something that sounded pretty good. And I'm like, God, it's just, they're getting started. So I, look, I'm biased. I'm a coach. I think coaching's amazing. I've had five coaches at one time, sometimes in my life. Um, get a coach get in a mastermind, go and do a course, do something where someone can challenge you to say, what do you really, really want? And then um, I, I just forgot where I was going. I was just like <laughs> right on something. Well, I, and I, I was fine. responding to something you said. I'm going to jump in here and, and, and just say this one little thing that you, that you, it's been sticking in my head. You talked a while back about imposter syndrome. Yeah. And I think that's maybe a big reason why people don't try these things because they think, well, who am I? I'll never be able to do that. Or if you do get to a certain point, you think, I don't know what I'm doing. And pretty soon everybody's going to find that out. And, and then I'm going to be nowhere. But at, at some point, we all need to realize that nobody ever knew how to do anything until they tried it. Yeah. Nobody yeah. ever knew how to do anything until it was first tried so to some degree we were all imposters at one point and yeah. and maybe those baby steps help you to get through that yeah and i now i've remembered what i was saying so i, I want to tie these two together so we got two big challenges one is the imposter syndrome like wait maybe i i'm not good at that i can't do it so we've got all that mindset issue and then we've got it just looks so hard because i don't know how to get it like i didn't know how to i don't know i don't know how the acting world works i don't know how to get into it uh maybe you don't know how to start a business or maybe you don't know how to pivot or to start something new um the getting started is the key so if you can whatever you need to get you going um to to start creating the vision and the possibility and then can you find a step here's a great question what would i be willing to do in the direction of this dream. Suppose you want to sing or you, you want to get, get a celebrity to endorse your product. I wanted, um, I've been wanting to hang out with an idol of mine for years. We've been wanting just to connect with or meet Alan Alder, who oh, wow. uh, was Hawkeye Pierce in MASH. Mm -hmm. Love the man. Love him too. And, and for years it would just go through my brain sometimes. And finally I was daydreaming that I was giving a speech on something and I was, you know, and I was daydreaming that I was talking about connecting with Alan Alda. And then I realized I know what to do. I know what to do. I can do some research. I could do, I go and listen to one interview. That's something I'd be willing to do. Listen to one interview with Alan Alda to learn a bit about him and what he cares about. Hmm. 
And as I did that, um, I did the research, I discovered he has a Patreon group where you pay $45 a month to support his podcast. And one of the benefits is a monthly Q&A call on Zoom with oh, Alan wow. Alda. Oh my goodness. So I, I'm like, all right. But it came from what was I willing to do? I did that one step. Then I discovered that then I think it took three months, but they said, all right, now we've got a live Q&A call. I was the first one with his hand up when they said, does anyone have a question for Alan? I'm like, I do, I do, me, me. And I got to talk to Alan Alder on, the, on that thing. So getting started, once I started on the acting with the podcast and the whatever, you start to see how the world looks and it starts to look differently to three days ago when you hadn't taken any action step. You don't have to see all the stairs in the staircase. You just have to create the first one. And then once you're up there on that first step, it's going to look different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mary Fran and I were talking, we were talking about your work. Um, I was saying that to that point, the word discipline keeps coming up as uh, in my mind as you're talking. And it's so hard to start with the discipline, right? But we were talking about how Mel Robbins says, nobody ever feels like doing whatever it is that you're avoiding, you know? So just do it, just do the one thing. And that has been, that's Ooh. actually been life-changing for me over the past year. Like, I know I don't feel like doing this and maybe I'll feel like it tomorrow, but I might not. So I'm just gonna do it. And then you do that one thing. And I'm actually in a mastermind every morning. And one of the, the guys in the mastermind says that he's like, Kristen, when I think of you, I think momentum because I, it's hard for me to get started. Then I get started and then it just creates momentum and yes. you go with it and go with it and go with it. And it's yes. unbelievable. I so love that you said that because it would have been a real miss if we didn't uh, mention that today, because yes, you do that first little thing and maybe you don't feel like doing it. Maybe you don't feel like going to the audition to do it for Dracula, but then you meet someone there or you see how someone did something, you get inspired. And someone tells you, oh, you should get on backstage.com and you can audition there for a whole bunch of stuff. And there's Colorado Theater, Colorado Theater Guild where you can, you know, for theatricals. So David Data uh, is a great teacher that I've, I've learned from. And he says, you might go for an interview for a job that you don't even really want, but you'd need the money. And on the way to the interview in the elevator, you meet somebody and they give you their business card. Mm -hmm. it, so you take action and that tells the universe, hey, I want some stuff. <laughs> hey, I got some desires. Look at me. I'm taking some action. And then the universe might go, all right, here you go. Try this. And then, as you said, the momentum. So now I'm in this massive acting momentum mm -hmm. because I just started speaking something. And so I want that for everybody. I want you to have momentum around your business or your relationship with your kids or whatever it is that, that really matters to you. And that momentum begins with a single step, that single step and, and that focus on that and on that goal. So before we go and we could talk to you all day, I want to hit two other things, the mouse in the room. And I want you to tell people about your, your offer that you have because you have some nice things that we can we can learn from more from you thank you yeah the mouse in the room you know where this and the subtitle is because the elephant is not alone so we all know about the elephant in the room you see it i see it no one's saying anything 
but so many creatures in the room are much more subtle. It could be antelope size, or it could be as, as small as a mouse. Any experience I'm having um, that has not been revealed is a mouse. Um, it could be, uh, I could be like really tired today showing up to this. Um, and, and if I don't, and that, that's a mouse. Uh, it's not an elephant in the room because you may not know about it. But it's a mouse in the room, and I could name it and say, you know, uh, I'm feeling low energy today, but being with you guys, it's starting to increase. And uh, we could just connect around what's real instead of trying to pretend all the time. Hmm. We're doing too much pretending, too much acting, uh, like we're in a play, and the other person doesn't get to know who's really here. And I think the reason I'm writing the book is for years, most of my life, I didn't know that there was so much happening inside of me. I didn't know it. I was an Australian boy, raised, I had trauma as a kid, and uh, I just got really cerebral. And I didn't even know what was happening. And then when I did know what was happening, I didn't know that there were artful ways that I could share it. Hmm. Hey, I notice I'm feeling triggered right now. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling nervous or, you know, I kind of feeling a, and I want to defend myself. Um, it seems like you're thinking I did something wrong. Would, would that be right? You know, we can really slow it down around what's happening. And I want the world to start discovering their own mice. Hey, this is what's happening right now. And then artfully naming their mice so that we can actually be connected. And another subtitle of the book is your pathway, your courageous pathway to connection confidence and true leadership wow i'm Devil's really striking a chord here with this because i gotta tell you david recently i started saying I'm, I'm i'm okay i'm a bit of a perfectionist i am a virgo like a recovering control freak whatever <laughs> there's been a lot of things in my life that have caused these things right however i started to i always have to kind of have the answer or the finish line or all my goals to get there to figure it out and i started just saying huh that's a trigger of mine i am triggered right now and i don't really know where i'm going with that but i feel like it's a big win just to know that it's there just to know what you're feeling yeah yes that's a win. I, I, I didn't know about, you know, I wasn't very emotional a lot of my life. And my parents didn't often say to me, David, how are you feeling right now? How do you feel about that? We were going to go to the, on this trip and now we're not. We cancel it. How is that for you? Like it just, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. And so now that I'm in Boulder and surrounded by amazing teachers and trainers, I've been learning so much about, oh, you know, when you said that, I felt a contraction, like um, I felt embarrassed. Uh, and I it, let me just slow down and see what's going on here. Yeah, I just want to name that. I felt embarrassed when you said that. I, I had a guy, um, we had a poker night last week and he won the hand and then he showed his cards and he had nothing. It was a total bluff. I had nothing too, but I had better nothing than he did. I would have won. <laughs> And and he and he and he said, "What are you doing? That was a that was a stu stupid bet. What you just did. What what did you what did you do something like that for?" And I felt like he was rubbing it in, and I contracted, and I felt embarrassed, and it was. 
And I didn't even have the words to say, oh, hey, this is what I'm feeling right now. I just went silent. Mm. And he spotted it. And he said, was that rude, what I just said? Mm. Right? And he, and he said, so he named a mouse for himself. He said, I just got the sense I may have gone too far with that. I wanted to play with you. And I feel like I might have gone too far. Was that rude? He named a mouse, named wow. a big mouse for him. And I said, and I could have lied, but I thought, I feel safe enough with this guy to tell the truth. I said, yeah, I, th I think it was. It was like you rubbed my nose in it. And I had a good reason for the bet that I did. And I don't want to share the strategy, but yeah. And he said, I apologize. Huh. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I went from disliking this guy and not trusting him and feeling uh, kind of picked on in the group to feeling like, I trust this man and I, I love this man. It was, and it happened all in the space of like 60 seconds. So mouse naming, we hide way too much. Uh, and the mouse in the room, we've already got the mini book. We don't have the full book ready, but we've got the mini book. And yes, I have an offer um, of, of uh, a gift basket of goodies for listeners, if this is the time. Oh, it is. Please tell us okay. because uh, I think you got the two people first in line right here. <laughs> awesome. So I, I've got a checklist for, for some of what we talked about today, about the 12 months, the three months, the seven days, uh, tomorrow, what I'm going to do. It's a checklist on how to achieve twice as much in half the time. You can download that. There's a short video on how to implement it. And then... Uh, if you're interested in Mouse in the Room, uh, if you want to contribute a little bit to the production costs, we'll give you the mini book right now. Uh, and if coaching is something that interests you, if you have your own business, you're already up and running and successful, and you want to go to where you want to get to faster and have more time off, and you want more out of your life, because I don't just do the business. You, plenty of people who'll do that. I want to work with the whole picture to make sure you're loving your life. If you're interested in that, there'll be a link where you can request a session and we'll see if we're a fit. Because uh, I'm not a fit for everybody and not everyone's a fit for me. And you can get all of these things at myfocusgift.com because I want to give you the gift of focus. So it's myfocusgift.com. We will make sure that we put that uh, that link in our show notes. And David, I cannot thank you enough. This was um, this was a really ch a somewhat life changing for me because I tend to be one of those people. You talk about shiny object syndrome. I tend to be one of those people who goes, "Oh, squirrel, squirrel, <laughs> point." Squirrel. <laughs> So just the idea that uh, not only is it uh, advisable, but it's okay to, to let go of some things and to focus. And you echoed so many things that we talk about in Brilliantly Resilient. We are thrilled to have introduced you to our audience. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. I'm glad to meet you both. Everybody, uh, thanks, David. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. And uh, check out all of those links with David. He has got to be one of your best friends because he's clearly got a lot of brilliantly resilient wisdom to share. So thank you again, David, and we will see you all next time on another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.